Welcome to the Canadian SME Podcast, a podcast for Canadian small businesses. We interview Canadian experts and entrepreneurs to provide expert insight into marketing, innovation, business leadership, technology, and trends that impact small business. Our mission is to empower Canadian small and medium enterprise to help you grow your business. During an interview in 1995, Steve Jobs stated that there is just a tremendous amount of craftsmanship in between a brilliant idea and a wonderful product. This helps to explain why every person under the umbrella of digital marketing is experiencing such a great deal of pressure to provide high quality content. Well, this episode explores the logical standpoints in the field of content creation by Jenny Saraswati, the founder of Jenny Media. Jenny discusses the importance of standing out from the crowd and providing the material that is worthy of attracting the attention of your target audience. In addition to this, she discusses the gravity of trust as a component in the development of a devoted community. The discussion revolves around concepts such as discipline, commitment, and patience, as well as their interconnectedness and the ways in which they are of utmost significance throughout the course of this entrepreneurial endeavor. Hello, everyone. This is Karina from Canadian SME your host for the Small Business Podcast. Today, we are honored to have the owner and founder of Jenny Media, an award-nominated podcast, an entrepreneur, and a woman of color with a rich heritage, none other than Jenny Saraswati. Hi, Jenny. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you, Karina. And I love the fact that this is probably the first interview I've done where someone's actually pronounced my surname like... 400% better, but I, I know you're from my my neck of the woods, so that, that, that kind of gives you an advantage. Jenny, it, it's a pleasure to have you here today, and we are looking forward to learn more about your remarkable journey, as well as your perspective on the media, influencers, and basically all stuff digital. Gotcha. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go, Karina. <laughs> yes. So um, digital marketing, regardless of what type uh, of a medium uh, we're talking about, is the holy grail nowadays. You know, you have to have to be um, present uh, in, in digital marketing for businesses to expand their community. Additionally, knowing the correct time to put that extra effort, creativity and thought process could help them uh, get a, let's say, a plethora of opportunities for SMBs, right? Uh, We will talk about all of this in detail. But before that, Jenny, how has this journey been so far for you? And (laughs) what, you know, what has it been like for you to become one of the top 22 podcasting influencers of 2022, have Jenny Media featured in publications like Entrepreneur and Business Insider? Great. So thank you very much for that uh, wonderful question. I think, um, how has it been being a digital marketer? I didn't intend on being a digital marketer, Karina. That was, again, purely by accident, which has kind of been this whole journey for me in entrepreneurship 
totally by accident. But I think, you know, you've you've raised a good conversation about digital marketing now being the way that companies can communicate and put their brands out there, their messaging. It's extremely important because media and the way that we communicate as humanity has changed so much in the last 22 years, right? Like, I don't know if you you were around the time. I don't know how old you are. You look very young, so I'm not going to guess. But uh, when I was growing up, you know, the cell phone, this was before the iPhone and, and apps were invented, but we had the Nokia 3320. You know, I know that. You played Snakes and Letters, and that was exciting, I've done that. right? Yeah. yeah, Snakes and Letters on the phone. Or was it Snakes and Letters? There's a snake game. And I was yes. so excited that I had a device that was not a Nintendo that I could call people and text my friends and play games on, but how far we've come, right? So communication back then and media consumption was very different. You know, we were used to the traditional model where, you know, TV networks had all the power to tell us, okay, if you want to watch Full House, you've got to catch it Monday nights on 7.30 on Channel 9. Now, if you miss that, bad Mm -hmm. luck. You know, Mm -hmm. that's it. you got to wait for the whole VHS to come out at Christmas time where it's on sale. So we've seen this shift where there's been a lot more power and leverage to the consumer and now brands need to be talking to the consumer in a way that actually gets their, um, piques their curiosity and gets their attention. So there's this constant shift in fight for attention, yeah. whereas before I think media companies and TV networks in the traditional model, or now we can argue what traditional is, but the traditional model that we were growing up with in the 90s and early 2000s is completely flipped. So um, I think digital marketing is really, really interesting for that fact, and I think we're still unpacking it because there's so much noise around it. We're still unpacking it and figuring out how to communicate yeah. messages as brands. Right. Absolutely. And uh, this this makes me feel that sh- I am so old now. Nokia, <laughs> like Nokia was like, wow. Oh, you got Nokia? It was that. And yeah. right now you have iPhones. I got iPhone 14, the new one. Okay. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Every third person on the street is having an iPhone now. Right, 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 right. Exactly. The huge shift, right? Because I remember my first cell phone was this brick called a Sony Ericsson. I don't know if Ericsson is still around, but I I didn't get a Nokia till later on. Right. Well, mine, mine was a Samsung whose wallpaper (laughs) didn't change. It remained the same. Yes. And, you know, when we got like those polygraphic ringtones, how exciting yeah. was it, right? Like we could hear, oh, we can actually have a ringtone with music. Now it's like a completely different ball game. But to your point, yeah, like now that you look at the shift in in consumers and access that we have to all these sorts of things, it's, it's amazing. Like the cost um, of things, the accessibility, it's completely shifted in the last 22 years. And that's that's something that I've been like really, really curious about because now, like how it's it's now a game where you're competing constantly for people's attention. So you've got to really stay creative and innovative and stand out in your offbeat kind of way. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost time for holiday season. Uh, yeah. Halloween is just around the corner. And my social media is flooded with videos, pictures, collaborations, or influencer stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But what we would like to know is how do you picture seasonal content as in terms of digital marketing and the kind of do's and don'ts associated with it? So here's the thing, and this is is this some I, I give this advice only because this is the only way I know how to do it and the only way that I have done it. I am kind of a, a person where everybody zigs, I go zag. And I don't do that to be rebellious. It's just I don't always feel the way things are given to us or shown to us are necessarily what works for me as a person. May work for you, great. 
at, you know, same reason why nine to five doesn't really work for me. I kind of, this kind of works for me and it allows me to be the best person and live the best quality of life that I can be. So marketing content is very similar to that in the sense that you see Halloween and, and especially like the fall season, right? There's so many adverts for that particular kind of latte. We know what we're talking about. I won't even mention it. That latte gets a lot of airtime during the fall season. But, you know, I always give my clients who are podcasters advice of you really need to think about your audience here because I feel sometimes, you know, we kind of jump into, okay, this is the hashtag of the day. So let's create content around that. And there can be this step that we miss of, okay, what's actually the quality behind this? What's the intention? Who are we trying to actually reach here? So for example, let's say that I'm a podcast on, you know, asking questions, like the appropriate amount of questions. That's a huge topic, right, Karina? Like you're asking me questions. So what are the questions about? We need to give contextual examples that our audience will care about. So if you're, you know, uh, if you, you're about to meet your in-laws for the first time, an article, a topic, a podcast, uh, a reel that you could make was the right questions to ask your in-laws during Thanksgiving or the right questions to ask your mother-in-law before <laughs> asking things like that. Like yeah. it's contextual to their experience uh-huh. rather than here's a question to ask. It's too broad. So yeah. who are you actually talking to? It's it could be anybody, but anybody who is meeting their in-laws or you know seeing their family for the first meeting a family or seeing their family during the holiday season, they'll be like, wow. actually, that's piqued my interest. That's actually relevant to me because <laughs> all the feels come up during holidays, and you know what happens. So if you make content around something that's contextual to the audience, that's really thoughtful. Okay, what are they actually going to go through? That's going to be a con- like that's going to be content that stands out against the grain because you are being thoughtful about it and you're being really curated in who you're speaking to. Absolutely. It was a great example because it was the perfect mixture of emotions, you know, hitting the emotions as well as hitting your strategic planning. And humor, right? You could take that yeah. anywhere. Like questions not to ask your mother-in-law during Thanksgiving. Exactly. Like, you know, don't don't talk about your ex-girlfriends if you're mm-hmm. about to marry the do- like you could take it anywhere and that's what I mean like when people get thoughtful and creative the options are endless I think sometimes we've been we're fed so much information that we're overwhelmed that we just take that I'm like I'll just do something similar it's like yes you can do that if that works for your brand and works for your audience Mm -hmm. however if you be a little bit more thoughtful a little bit more contextual like there is such potential in where you could take that content yeah and also this brings another thought to my mind uh, which I saw on my uh, in my uh, marketing book when I was in 12th standard, that audience is and will always be the king of the market. So whatever you do, that should be around your audience and it cannot change. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, a key thing that's not been talked about enough. I mean, mm-hmm. it is talked about, but in the way that you've positioned it, things will change. Like, you know, how we communicate will change. How we consume communication will change. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll stay in a relatively like, you know, similar parameter of we'll either read it, watch it, or like listen to it. That's kind of how we receive communication. But the ways that we do it will change. Like the example I gave you with Nokia, right? We used to watch television at the time they told us to watch television. Now we can watch television screaming it whenever we want, right? And we can buy or rent something when we want like straight to our television screens. So, but the audience, the people that you're trying to reach, your customer base, they need to be front and center. 
um, and you need to actually care, which is a weird thing to say, right? You're like, you need to care about your customer. It's like, duh, but really care as in like <laughs> care actually what they care about. <laughs> yeah, right. And then Jenny, what in your opinion uh, are the most effective ways to um, use seasonal content in a fun way that would also help you to engage your audience and kind of build that trust? Gotcha. So the biggest way to build influence in any kind of relationship level is trust, right? So how do you build that trust is a great, great um, example, because if you don't have someone's trust, the ability to influence them, it's it's like, you know, what's that saying? I, I've drawn a blank. Paper and sand rubbing. If it gets, it's just like, it's oh, not yeah. going to, you're not going to be able to achieve anything if there's minimal right. trust there. So in order to build trust with anything or anyone, anyone in particular, the basic foundation, Karina, is it sounds very simple. Say what you do and do what you say. It's integrity, right? It sounds very simple, but this is where like there are, that sounds very simple, but it's actually quite complex if you peel back the layers, because that means you need to be self-aware enough to know what you can actually commit to right? What you can actually deliver. You need to have confidence in your ability. Some of us don't even at different levels in our life. So it takes a lot to actually be able to live with integrity, right? It sounds simple, but it takes a lot of awareness and and back work of that. So if you promise something and you deliver it on time and you deliver it exactly when they say, your customer will learn through your actions and your words that okay, their actions match their words, I can trust them. And if you do that repeatedly, that trust will build. So this is why in podcasting, I say the same thing. Like if you're going to say to your customer, hey, I'm going to give you weekly episodes and you miss weeks here and there, do you think your customer is going to be like, okay, I can trust this person to give me the episode on Monday? So this is the thing that I talk about. And it's not to point the thing to say you need to do more or you need to be doing more, but just say what you're going to do. If you know you can only commit to three months, just do three months, right? Do 12 seasons or 12 episodes, sorry, um, in those three months. Say so if you want to do like a daily episode, then commit to daily. Like if you know you can do that, because if you continually let your audience down and you continually take them for granted unconsciously sometimes, you're going to lose their trust. So that's the golden rule for me. Like say what you do and do what you say, the integrity rule. That's the first thing. And I think the other part that we can look at, Karina, is um, once you build that trust, it's also knowing that your realm as an expert, like, okay, I've been doing this for a while. What have I seen to actually work? You also need to always get your hands dirty and learn. Like for me, I'm always learning. And, and I love the fact that you said, oh, you're an expert. I still consider myself a student because I'm always daily. I'm learning different things. I'm learning about new softwares. The industry's changing very quickly. So if you can be tried and true to your word and still remain humble as a student, even no matter what level you get to, that's going to be great foundations for you to build trust with your audience because they can see one, that you're human and you're actually, you know, trying to figure it out yourself. And secondly, you're also being reliable and, you know, integral to what you actually promise them. Absolutely. I 100% agree to the point. And uh, this, uh, I feel it's it's the word which we use is consistent. Exactly. Which brings you, draws that attention and that audience towards you. The more consistent you are, the longer you are in this run of entrepreneurship. 100%. 100%. It is a game of consistency. And sometimes it seems like, 
oh, but this seems like I'm doing things repetitively day to day. I'm like, there are things that are repetitive and there are things that will always be hard. And I think that's the reason where, you know, entrepreneurship sometimes is glamorized to the point where like, oh, well, you know, you're your own boss. You can do what you want to do. It's your day off. Yes, that's true. And there's also days where it's really, really hard. And there's reasons why businesses close so soon, because sometimes leaders, sometimes the board of leaders cannot do not expect or can handle that level of hardness or hardship because, you know, that adversity, not everybody is is trained or willing to work through. And I think that's, that's the other part of consistency too, that that's, that's not talked about enough is it's hard. And that's why not everybody's doing it and everybody's still doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard. (laughs) It it is hard because our society has changed so much because earlier it was hard work. I remember my parents always used to say me that yeah. you need to work hard. No matter what, everything's going to go good. Everything's going to happen to you, whatever you are dreaming of, whatever you want, but you need to work hard. But right now, that's not the truth. Exactly. You got to work smart, not hard. Yeah. And then if you are consistent, this means that you're disciplined. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's a really key point that you mentioned that discipline, like, you know, the, the, the student in me or the schoolgirl in me, like, I don't want to be disciplined. I want to do what I want. I want freedom. Yes, that is a part of it. But you need foundational discipline to achieve that freedom. And again, that's something that, you know, it's again, morning routines. People are like, oh, my God, you have a morning routine. I'm like, your morning routine could be I get up, go to the gym, have coffee, journal. I start my day. It doesn't have to be this 10 step plan. I've, I've gone through all sorts of morning routines and you need to find one that works for you. But yeah. I think to your point, there needs to be a discipline or a commitment, call it whatever word that you want to have a foundation of that to build everything off of. Because yeah. if your foundation is rocky, it's not, you're not going to be able to be consistent. Right. Know? And yeah. even to kind of wake up in the morning and go to gym and journal is a routine. You need discipline for that as well. You exactly. just cannot do or no. cannot vision yourself as that entrepreneur of the year. And if you're not investing, even like, you know, even if you're not ready to commit that uh, discipline or that investment to your work life. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that's what you said. It's an investment. And I think the other side of investment is patience, right? Mm-hmm. When you invest in things, the expectation it's patience and expectation, really. If yeah. you expect things to change within a day of investing, you've got to adjust your expectation, right? Discipline takes a while. It, it takes, yeah. to your word, consistency. It takes consistently showing up, saying when you're going to show up and actually executing consistently over a period of time to actually see results. And that's tried and true for pretty much anything. If you go to the gym, if you eat right, if you want to build a business, if you stay yeah. tried and true and consistent, you will see growth and success. It's just the way that it is. Um, unless, I mean, there are exceptions to that, obviously, but typically as a general rule, consistency uh-huh. really is, you know, a way to keep moving forward. So to your point too, you know, investing in your body is so important too as an entrepreneur. And, you know, what I, I growing up as a, you know, child of immigrants too, working hard, that's, that's it. Like there's yeah. no other option than you've got to work hard. And I think, that is true. And that's one way of working. And then now we are seeing other ways of working, which are also try- like also beneficial and, and work for some people too. So hustle culture is being challenged in a way. And I think 
the uh, the Great Resignation has really oh, yes. you know shown that to corporate America that you know hustle culture doesn't always need to uh, need to be the only way, and also it's now time to look at other ways. Absolutely. Now this is the last minute thing I've added. Um, okay, how about I I'm going to give you two separate niches, okay, right. and you give us three different content ideas. Sure. For each revolving around the holiday season. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is going to be for, um, let's say, an influencer um, who's thinking to create content about the recession. And then the second one could be a podcaster um, yeah. who creates uh, women's specific content. So SMBs and recession, this is, this is a great topic because I sometimes don't subscribe to, to news outlets for the reason of I want to keep my mindset in a certain lane. However, this is a common thing that comes up. Now we got to think about what we've experienced as SMBs, entrepreneurs, however you've fallen into that influences. Over the last three years alone, we've gone through a pandemic, right? A recovery of a pandemic, a, a war in, in two countries in Europe, right? And then now possibly looking at a recession. So there's some things that you can look at if you evaluate, evaluate in the last three years. It is that, okay, we've gone through things and it's okay, right? So we've gotten through it. We're still here, right? And if you're still a business that's functioning and profitable, you've gotten through it and you've done some things well. So what that tells you, that's data there to tell you, hey, you can navigate change and be okay and profitable at the end. So you can kind of take this. I mean, if this was presented to me, I would take this in a couple of ways. One is a strategic way uh, to speak to your audience. And the other way is to document your personal journey through that. Because if you are relating to SMBs, right, they've uh-huh. leaders have gone through the same thing. And I remember posting once on social media saying, how's everybody doing? We've gone through all of this, but really, how are you doing? And that was one of the most popular posts I got on LinkedIn. Like CEOs, leaders reached out to me because they wanted that forum to actually be like, what the hell is going on? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm still here. They just needed that permission to be able to say that. So the personal journal route is a great route to do that, just to reach out to your community and be like, this is what's going on. This is what I've gone through. Because what you're doing is through sharing your experience, you're allowing other people to connect with you. So, and your audience will connect with you in that way if that if you share your experience. Now, for SMBs into who, are, if you're targeting SMBs, let's just say about the recession, I would actually give them some recession-proof tips. Now, I say that really like it, it sounds like really uh, esoteric in a way, but. For example, you know, if you're a salesperson, right, or if you're a person who's like, oh, my God, I'm so, you know, or your audience is feeling like, okay, how do I keep my sales going? How do I get my revenue going? Because sales, customer service, that's a foundation to your company, right, to keep it functioning in the lights on and profitable. So if you think about, okay, what do I need to look at? What do I need to modify, change, and eliminate to keep things functioning? Right. So if you're targeting that group of people, the business owners, I would start there. What needs to modify? What needs to be delegated and what needs to be eliminated completely? And I think starting there, if you look at your business, that you're already culminating and giving yourself this extra time by releasing what's too heavy and by you're getting really, really focused. And I think creating content around that to give people that sense of hope. Hey, try this. This will help. 
these are the steps to modify. These are the steps to delegate. This is what you should keep on your plate. Do you enjoy it? It's getting productive and giving back time where, you know, if you're feeling like, oh, I'm not unproductive, there's something there that you're focusing on too much. And that's a very common symptom with SMBs, right? There's a lot going on. It's like, well, what do I really need to focus on? You need to give yourself time to actually be able to look at it, right? Because if you drive a car and ultimately it breaks down, you've left, you haven't probably checked your car into a service. You probably haven't changed your tires or your oil. That's the check-in time, right? That's taking your business body or your business mind into a service. You need to really culminate on it. And I think once you actually deep dive and take out the time to do that and incorporate that as a regular practice, that will really help you make really smart, targeted, strategic business decisions to run your business. I kind of went all over the place there, but there are a lot of ideas in there. No. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, we got it. It was yeah. good. It, it yeah. definitely, I, I remember the words. Yeah. And I think the holiday time is a good time to do it because it's a reflection time. Typically, people go into the holidays, it's family time, they come together, they talk about and they look back on the year that they've had, they look forward to the new year and what they want to achieve. So it's a great time to actually pop the hood and be like, okay, what's actually happened? What's going on? And what do I want to achieve? Mm-hmm. So that's great holiday content because SMBs will be thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It was fun. And and I just hope all the listeners were ready with their not- notepads because this is not going to be repeated, you guys. hopefully maybe it will be (laughs) yeah (laughs) now Judy reaching the masses is the ultimate objective for every entrepreneur you know regardless of the medium now with the years of experience that you bring to the table Jenny Mm -hmm. it becomes imperative to ask um, how can we create holiday content that appeals to masses given that we have other holidays and festivals being celebrated So there is a lot going on (laughs) at any time of the year, right? There's different flavors of of, of festivals and events and and experiences going on. So how do you reach content for the masses? So there's a couple of ways. One, you get someone with an audience to come on your platform. That's a way to reach a bigger audience, right? Another way to do it is, and this is something that I think a lot of people creating content at the moment, if they're brand leaders, executives, they aren't particularly trained in communicating to media masses. So one of the things that people struggle to do when they get a microphone stuck in front of their face or a camera is to be themselves and to be authentically themselves. There's no manual for that. There honestly isn't. I wish I could write a book going, this is how you be yourself. But that will particularly only work for me, right? It probably won't work for you. There might be some things you're like, okay, I could see that. But being authentically you will really help because once you're consistent with that, you're going to reach a larger group of people eventually. And if you're tailoring, if you're looking at it from a content angle as well, so for the holidays, think about, I'm going to go back to the audience um, idea that I gave earlier on in this conversation where if you think about what people or your audience, the mass audience are experiencing as a collective around the holidays, Uh reflection would be one Uh of them family time, gift giving, stress, um, also burnout, yeah. uh, relaxation. Think about those things. That there are plenty, six pillars there that I've given you. There's probably another four more that anybody could yeah. think of. But those six pillars, if you could create content around those six pillars that generally you would assume and reliably assume that people are experiencing this at this particular time of the year, I'm sure you're going to reach a bigger audience if you do that in that particular way. Because, you know, sometimes we want to put out a video and like, oh, this should have gone viral. 
may go viral, might not, but think about it in that way where if you can think about what is your audience experiencing collectively as a mass. And the other way, as I mentioned, get someone who's got a bigger following to come onto your show or your platform. That's another way of reaching the masses and create content around those big themes too. Right. And I think it, it is like we, again, I'm going to repeat the same thing. It is about hitting the emotions and kind of hitting that psychology of your audience. Mm-hmm. That okay, If they are in this sort of a time bracket of festive season, they mm-hmm. might be stressed. They mm-hmm. might want to look for uh, a different ways of how do I do this or DIYs, you know, all of this stuff. I think that would be great to kind of do that sort of a research of your audience and create content accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. And also the third thing I'll add in there is do some research if you Hmm. don't know. Like have a look at different parts of, you know, your audience, what they're going through. Think about like, think about what other creators in your your niche are doing and what they're creating as well. Because that's a super important part that people, you need to also do some research because Sometimes it's great to be in your own silo and your own kind of lane, but look at what other your audience are responding to responding to in other content pillars as well. It's that's important as well. Thank you so much, Jenny. It was a real fun conversation. Your appearance on today's episode is greatly valued. Um, thank you to everyone who tuned into the show. We hope you really enjoyed our deep dive into the various ways how seasonal content can be molded and created to suit your targeted audience, eventually bringing you more brand awareness. See you all next time. Thank you so much, Jenny, once again. Thank you so much, Karina. That was so much fun. It was a pleasure to converse with Jenny, a great paragon of entrepreneurship who never ceases to expand her knowledge. This podcast with Jenny discussed tactics and techniques for developing contextual information for the audience. We would like to thank our exclusive banking partner, RBC, and shipping partner, UPS, for supporting this initiative. Please do share the podcast and feel free to check out the other episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe to Canadian SME Small Business Magazine to stay up to date on all our upcoming events and get the top business insights from industry leaders. This is Karina signing off, your host for the Small Business Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Canadian SME Podcast. Please visit canadiansme.ca to subscribe and join us next week as we share more expert advice from Canadian business leaders. Mm -hmm.